0: Welcome to Season 2 of History Books and Wine. We're your hosts, Lori Ann Bailey and Eliza Knight. We love sharing, so pour a glass of
1: vino and let's dive into the past.
0: Welcome to History Books and Wine. We're your hosts, Eliza Knight and Lori Ann Bailey. On this episode, we're going to discuss Holocaust Remembrance and the Violins of Hope. But first, what are we drinking? Today, I am having something, uh, uh, well, I'm having a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a red, of course, and it's called Imagery. And I'm going to show this to Eliza. She can see it on the screen. Oh, I like that. So it's really pretty. It's a A dark bottle and it has something that almost looks like a teardrop, a long teardrop that comes down the middle. This is a more expensive wine than I would normally get, and I had it at a book club that I went to recently. It was really yummy. When I was at the grocery store a couple weeks ago, it was $13 off. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna grab a bottle and (laughs) and give it a try. So I saved it for a special occasion, and I think talking about Holocaust Remembrance and the Violins of Hope. I needed something special. So here we are.
1: I agree with you. I think that that sounds good. Yeah. I am drinking a Josh Reserve. I'm showing the picture to Lori. It is a Cabernet Sauvignon as well. And Um. this, this one I got because... It has on the front a picture of some firefighters and some fires. Ooh. It looks like fire in the background. And it's a special reserve. I guess part of the proceeds are going to the National Volunteer Fire Council.
0: Oh, that's nice. You know, I yeah. saw a bottle of that last year. So maybe they do that every year. Yeah,
1: I think they must. Like it's like a special edition that comes out once a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I thought that would be good. And plus, I love Josh, I'm a huge fan of Josh. So
0: always love Josh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. We're going to dive right into the details here, and uh, I chose this topic because since moving to Northern Virginia, the synagogue that my family and I are members of send us a yellow candle every year to mark, Holocaust Remembrance Day in April. Okay. For those that don't know, the Holocaust was the systematic extermination of Jews carried out by the Nazi party at concentration camps in their own country of Germany and the countries that they occupied during World War II. Six million innocent lives were lost during the Nazi reign of horror. I've understood the significance and the need to commemorate these horrid events every year, but for this episode, I wanted to dive into where the yellow candle got its start. I'm really uh, looking forward to learning about this
1: because I hadn't heard about the yellow candle, so...
0: Oh, great. On April 21st, 1951, the Knesset, which is the legislature in Israel, designated the 27th day of Nisan as Mm. a day of national remembrance for the victims of the Shoah, which is another name for Holocaust. Okay. so the day became Yom HaShoah or the National Holocaust Remembrance Day. Now, the Hebrew calendar is a little bit different from the Gregorian calendar, uh, which is the one that most of the Western world uses. Mm-hmm. And since the calendars are slightly different, Yom Hashoah typically falls on a day in April, but that day changes from year to year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the Jewish faith, mourners typically light what's called a Yartzite candle, And they typically do that uh, shortly after a loved one's death or on the anniversaries of their passing. And that's a nice little tradition and, you know, just a little way to remember their loved ones. Yeah. These uh, candles are made to burn for 24 hours, Mm -hmm. but you can leave them until they burn out. So technically, I think they're supposed to have like 25 hours worth of wax in them. Yeah. But, you know, you want it to burn for the whole 24 at least. Right. Uh, The white candles are lit in the evening, as you say, a prayer called the mourner's Kaddish. Mm -hmm. In the late 1970s, a group of Holocaust survivors came up with the idea to use a special yellow candle. The yellow candle's purpose was to provide people with a familiar and meaningful ritual that would enable them to remember the six million victims of the Shoah with an observance in their homes. I like that. Mhm. The reason the candle is yellow is because of the yellow armbands oh. that the Jews were forced to wear during the Nazi regime. Yeah. That's pretty significant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh the candles are actually quite nice. We always get it in like this really sturdy cardboard box mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes we pick it up at the synagogue. Other times, you know, volunteers will drop it off at our houses. I think one year it was even mailed to us. So I think oh, it wow. depends on, you know, who's in charge of distributing them. But we right. always get one. They uh, they have a star of David imprinted on the top, like in the wax. Oh, wow. And on the, uh, the front of the candle, it has a picture of the star, but it also has an image of Jews standing in front of the gates of Auschwitz. Oof.
1: Um, that's that's tough
0: yeah so the this practice started in massachusetts and canada but it spread all over north america and has even grown into india and south america so people do this everywhere now i love that Mm -hmm. and another special day to remember the tragedy of the shoah is international holocaust remembrance day which is The reason I originally chose this topic today is because that's on January 27th. It was designated the International Holocaust Remembrance Day by a special resolution at the United Nations General Assembly, and it's set to occur on January 27th every Mm -hmm. year, which marks the anniversary of the liberation of Mm Auschwitz-Birkenau, the uh, last concentration camp in Germany to be liberated. And the reason we want to remember these horrific events is so we never forget the atrocities and remember going forward not to repeat them. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So now that um, I've talked about, you know, some of the more horrific stuff, I want to talk about my fun facts. And (laughs) they lead into something that's just kind of been fascinating to me. I can't wait to hear. Yes. So they're going to take a slightly different direction, but this is one of my favorite uh, research facts that i have found researching world war ii love it okay there's a a man named Amnon weinstein and he is a master violin maker who was born in 1938 in palestine and he studied music with some renowned teachers for three years in italy and you know he's just like really knows his stuff yeah in uh the 1980s he was working in a shop in israel When a young man came in and wanted to have a violin refurbished, the violin had belonged to the man's father. When Amnon opened it up, there was black powder inside from the crematorium at Auschwitz, which was the last place that the man's father had played the violin.
1: Oh, it's so heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it really is. Other people heard about the restoration work and began bringing instruments in and Amnon began collecting the violins along with the stories of their owners wow. and now the group of instruments has grown to 60 plus wow yeah That's
1: so incredible. it's really an
0: amazing collection it really is several of the violins have stars of david engraved on them and this was a way that in the early 20th century Uh, Jews would decorate them to show that they played klezmer music, which is a Yiddish word meaning instrument. Mm -hmm. So klezmer is a style of music that incorporates traditional dance music, ritual melodies, and along with some improvisation. And this this music was typically performed at weddings and other social functions. So I, I guess if you would, you watch Fiddler on the Roof and you yeah. see, you know, the the fiddle or the violin, which is essentially the same thing as just the style of playing. it was very key to Jewish heritage and right. who they were, are who they are. <laughs> And the purpose of the engravings on the violins was because rabbis tended to hire people who showcased the Star of David on their instruments. Because they wanted to make sure, you know, that they were hiring people that knew what they were doing. Yeah. You know, would know the, the right kind of music to play. I love that. In the early 2000s, Amnon began showcasing the instruments and their stories at concerts. Ooh. Now they travel around the world so that people can listen to them and hear their tales. I want to hear their tales. Yes, I do too. So bad. (laughs) The Violins of Hope were just a couple hours away from me before COVID started. And I so, so, so wanted to go see them, but I never got the chance. They were in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So Mm -hmm. right even, you know, where my son was going to school. But I just... It was so difficult to get down there. And anybody who's lived in the Northeast region knows how difficult it is to drive on oh, 95. Yeah. And <laughs> It's the worst. <laughs> and I would have had to do that, but it, it never worked out. But you can still go see the Violins of Hope. I looked it up the other day. It looks like uh, this month. So in January, some of them are going to be in New York Ooh. and some of them are going to be in New Orleans. And it happens to be on the same day. On the 27th, which is holo- awesome. the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Yeah. Uh, so if you're in the New York area and if, or if you're uh, in the New Orleans area, look that up and see about getting tickets. And I think I'll put a link to that in the show notes, especially Violins of Hope has their own website. Yeah. And I signed up to go virtually virtually. To uh, the New York performance. So if you're interested in doing that, I'll definitely put the registration link in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, definitely do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a whole evening of sitting around listening to violins in my home. I love that. Yeah, I do too. I'm sure it's not the same as going to listen to them in person, but I'm excited that I will get to hear them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll sign up and listen and with you.
0: <laughs> you should. We, we can have some wine and listen. Yeah. hmm but I'm sure they'll add even more tour dates after these are done. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're, they're, they they're definitely want to keep telling the stories. Yeah. And I have a bonus fun fact that Ooh. I'd like to throw in here. Yay. Which could lead to another episode eventually. Ooh, okay. Amnon's wife, Azalea, I think it's pronounced Azalea, yeah, is the daughter of Azale Belsky. Mm-hmm. who is one of the famous brothers who helped the group of Jews survive in the forest oh wow uh, during the Holocaust and fought al- alongside the Russian partisans. Yeah. So if, if you haven't heard that story, it's been made into a movie called Ooh. defiance. So I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I, I watched it. It's an, it's an interesting tie in that, you know, yeah, it is. It's just a great story. It's really great story. Great story of, hope and of course defiance and I mean it's all obviously awful the tragedies that surround it but yeah these are hard topics they're very hard topics. hard topics but it shows the resilience of the uh, Jewish people it really does
1: and also a message of hope for later on like you know just being able to share their stories and that they're still living on even though the people passed I I like that yeah
0: so those are my fun facts for today. I loved your fun facts. The Holocaust is an awful thing, but the violins of hope are great. And so are the yellow candles because they, they help us remember the people we've lost and help us prevent tragedies like this in the future.
1: Which is definitely important. We do not mm-hmm. want this to ever happen again. No. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Lori. I really I really, I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but um, I was really, I learned a lot, especially about the candle and the violins I've never heard of before. So yeah. I'm looking forward to being able to listen to that.
0: Well, I'm excited. I'm excited that you enjoyed it. And you'll have to check out uh, every year on Instagram. I typically do uh, a, either a video or a picture of the yellow candle when I oh,
1: light yay. it. Oh, yay. I'm definitely going to be looking for that too. Yes.
0: Hey, history lovers, Eliza here. We're
1: interrupting today's happy hour to let you know that Lori and I host another fascinating podcast with our friend, Brenna Ash. Hey there, this is Brenna. Crime Feast is a true crime podcast hosted by three friends who are obsessed with all things crime.
0: Each week, join Brenna, Eliza, and I as we serve up a platter of murders, mayhem, missing persons, tragedies, and more.
1: Feast on notorious tales ripped from today's headlines and resurrected from the past.
0: Until then, stay safe out there. We don't want you on the menu next.
1: Now back to the show. Cheers. So, Lori, will you tell us what you're reading this month? Because we always love to hear what you're what you're enjoying.
0: I would love to tell you what I'm about to start reading. I haven't started it yet, but I'm super excited about this. And I picked it out for my book club because I'm hosting this month and I picked it out. Well, I first saw it because I liked the cover Yeah. and then I read the blurb and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to definitely read that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good. So this is the one that I picked. It's called The Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow.
1: I like that title.
0: Yeah, it's pretty pretty good, and it's got a beautiful yeah. cover. You'll have to look at it. Mm-hmm. In the early 1900s, a young woman embarks on a fantastical journey of self-discovery after finding a mysterious book in this captivating and lyrical debut. In a sprawling mansion filled with peculiar treasures, January Scholar is a curiosity herself. As the ward of the wealthy Mr. Locke she feels little different from the artifacts that decorate the halls. Carefully maintained, largely ignored, Aww. and utterly out of place. Poor girl. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then she finds a strange book. A book that carries the scent of other worlds and tells a tale of secret doors, of love, adventure, and danger. Ooh. Each page turn reveals impossible truths about the world, and January discovers a story increasingly entwined with her own. Hmm. Yeah, so this has got some really great reviews, and I think yeah. it's like um, an editor's pick or something oh, wow, or really? like that. Yeah, so it sounds good. I'm excited to dive into that, and I will be doing audiobook. I just love audiobooks.
1: Also, I love that it's January and the heroine's name is January.
0: I know. I (laughs) kind of did that on purpose. I love that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. I'm gonna have to add that to my pile. Yeah, those piles just never stop growing. Oh, it's pretty bad. (laughs) So now, will you tell us about one of your books?
0: I will. I'm gonna talk about Eight Kisses today, and. It's technically a Hanukkah book, but I thought since we were talking about uh, Jewish traditions that this yeah. would be a fun one to sneak in here because I didn't talk about it last month. Sure. When Hanukkah was actually going on, <laughs> but just a little, it's got uh, eight fun stories in it that another author and I got together and we had other authors submit stories and we read through a bunch of them and we picked out the ones that we thought were uh, really shined yeah so here um here's a little thing about it hanukkah is the festival of lights celebrating an ancient miracle with candles fried foods and family gatherings what better time to find true love from regency scotland to contemporary new york city from sweet short stories to super spicy novellas eight kisses spreads a feast of love Interfaith opposites attract, a small-town reunion offers a second chance, an interracial couple rises above initial misunderstandings, online dating yields unexpected foodie dreams, a Jewish mourner discovers solace at a Catholic feast, a hometown visit heals old wounds, the girl next door is something more, seasoned lovers reaffirm true love. Move over Christmas movies, spin the dreidel, gobble the gelt, and devour a tower of latkes as you read these tales of Hanukkah love. I love that. (laughs) And they're all really great stories. They really are. I love that so much. Thank you. All right.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Holocaust Remembrance Day and the Violence of Hope.
0: Coming up, we have guest authors Cecilia Mecca and Christine Wells. And Eliza is going to share with us some amazing true stories about women rebels in the Jacobite rebellion in Scotland.
1: Yay. Yay. Thank Thanks you. for joining us. Thank you again for sharing. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. For more information about today's episode, click on the show notes.
0: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at History. B K S wine for additional historical tidbits and updates. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out our episodes published weekly on Tuesdays until next time. Cheers. And happy reading.
1: The first time I used Instacart was with my sister. We were baking cookies and I'd forgotten the butter. Instacart to the rescue. Now I even use it when we're on vacation, so our staples are delivered right to our door. Save yourself that trip to the market. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores follow the link in our show notes and that lets instacart know we sent you and help support our show plus you'll get free delivery on your first order over 35 dollars. there's multiple stores available in most areas shop all your favorites on a single order the products you love from local stores hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences delivery to your door in as fast as one hour instacart highlights deals to help you save money find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items they pick the freshest Produce and keep your eggs safe too. Let Instacart shop for you.
0: Hello, listeners. This is Lori, and I'm here to tell you that podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. We use Buzzsprout, and it's hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, detailed analytics, and more. Following the link in our show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you, get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and help support our show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout, to get their message out to the world. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed.